Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 172 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading the second chapter of Colossians today and our focus is on the dangers of legalism and judgmentalism and the call to joyful Christianity. So every day we spend a few minutes in the Word of God reading it and discussing it thinking about it, and seeking to follow it. I want to thank you for listening. I want to encourage you to share the show with your friends, encourage them to subscribe. And the best way to subscribe to the show is to go to our website, Bible2021.com, which has links to our show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and other places. That's Bible2021.com. Now, today's passage is deep and thick with some great truths of the Bible and also some inscrutable truths of the Bible. Colossians 2 is not at all an easy read, but it has great depth and many treasures of truth that are not easily revealed to casual seekers. We will focus on what probably is the overall theme of the chapter today, the dangers of legalism and external righteousness, in other words, appearing to be good, as well as the dangers of judgment. Now, to do that, I'd like to read a big chunk on our chapter today from pastor and author Richard Kent Hughes. Now, Dr. Hughes pastored College Church in Wheaton, Illinois for many years, like almost 30 years. And when I was in seminary back in the day, he came to our seminary, Beeson Divinity School in Birmingham, Alabama, when I was a student and spoke there and gave a very encouraging and challenging message. And ever since then, I've really appreciated Dr. Kent Hughes. On the dangers of legalism, he writes, Regarding their being judged about diet, there were evidently those who were saying that the way to God and spiritual fullness would be enhanced if the Colossian believers returned to the dietary laws of the Old Testament. As you might know, the Old Testament categorized certain foods as unclean and clean, and unknown to the Jew, for many of those unclean foods, there were excellent physical reasons for those Old Testament laws, which Dr. S.I. McMillan has cataloged in his very interesting book, None of These Diseases. There were also spiritual reasons for the distinctions between foods were meant to familiarize God's people with the fact of purity and impurity and thus to stimulate their conscience in everyday life. But when Jesus came, those dietary laws were abolished. Jesus said to the Pharisees who were offended by his liberated eating habits, Are you so dull? Don't you see that nothing that enters a man from the outside can make him unclean? For it doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach and then out of his body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean, says Mark 7, 18-20 and Matthew 15, 1-20. And Peter had a vision in the book of Acts which settled it for him as he saw a sheet lowered from heaven crawling with clean and forbidden animals. And Peter was scandalized, but a voice from heaven told him to get up, kill, and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. But the voice spoke to him a second time, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. We see this in Paul, I mean in Acts 10, 13 through 16. And the apostle Paul made this conclusion in 1 Corinthians 8, 8, where he writes, food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. So the New Testament scriptures are unified in telling us that all food and drink are lawful. Of course, dietary principles are a good idea. 
Eat too many Twinkies and you will no longer be a Twinkle Toes. Too many Snickers are no laughing matter. But dietary discipline is not a sign of spirituality. We are not to judge others or allow anyone to pass a religious judgment on us in regard to food and drink. The same applies to days. The Jews had special feast days laid out throughout the Old Testament, new moon celebrations, and they had various Sabbaths. But when Christ came, he fulfilled them all. We no longer celebrate the Sabbath because we now worship on the Lord's Day, says Revelation 1.10, which is the first day of the week, says 1 Corinthians 16.2 and Acts 27, the day which commemorates the resurrection of Jesus. Verse 17 of Colossians 2 says that these sorts of things were a shadow of things to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. So the dietary rule sensitized God's people to purity. The great feasts taught various aspects of Christ's work. And the Sabbath days displayed something of the rest into which he leads his people. But they were just a shadow. The real thing has come in Christ. The idea that spirituality can be quantified provides an unfortunate basis for pride and judgmentalism. Our flesh finds doing truly spiritual things difficult, as is the as the word says, the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak, Matthew 26, 41. But the flesh has no trouble with religious rules and regulations. There is an authentic lure in them to legalism. However, though legalism also has its downside. It spawns judgmentalism. Judgmentalism is miserable for the one judging and the one judged because it shrivels their souls. Legalism is intrinsically joyless, as the savage tribesman observed when a missionary was trying to convert him. The tribesman was very old, and the missionary was very Old Testament, with a version of Christianity which leaned very heavily on thou shalt not. After listening to what the missionary said, the tribesman replied, to be old and to be Christian, they are the same thing. Lastly, legalism produces a surface surface faith because its adherents emphasize the things which are not really important. Their, quote, do nots ignore deadly sins such as coveting, gossiping, slandering, bitterness, and hatred. Legalism limits one to shallow self-righteousness and thus damns him. Interestingly, Paul does not say forbid the faithful to keep special days and special diets. Rather, he says, don't let anyone judge you in these things. In verse 16, there is great liberty in what we Christians can do. We can keep special days and diets or we can forget them. But Paul rejects the right of anyone to judge and or compel another to comply with his own preferences. We are not to judge others by these things and we are not to allow others to judge us. This is a warning to take to heart because time and time again, as legalism has come into the church, the church has become judgmental, joyless, uniform, and shallow in faith. Amen. So friends, we want to avoid the kind of legalism that comes from following external rules like don't taste, don't touch, don't handle, which Paul is going to warn us about as we read Colossians chapter 2 verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Paul writes, 
I want you to know how greatly I am struggling for you, for those in Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me in person. I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love so that they may have all the riches of complete understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, Christ. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge." I'm saying this so that no one will deceive you with arguments that sound reasonable, Reasonable, for I may be absent in body, but I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see how well-ordered you are in the strength of your faith in Christ. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in Him, being rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude." Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world rather than Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been filled by him who is the head over every ruler and authority. You are also circumcised in him with a circumcision not done with hands by putting off the body of flesh in the circumcision of Christ when you were buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him and forgave us all our trespasses. He erased the certificate of death with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us and has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them in him. Therefore, don't let anyone judge you in regard to food and drink or in the matter of a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of what was to come. The substance is Christ. Let no one condemn you by delighting in ascetic practices in the worship of angels, claiming access to a visionary realm. Such people are inflated by empty notions of their unspiritual mind. He doesn't hold on to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and held together by its ligaments and tendons, grows with growth from God. If you died with Christ to the elements of this world, why do you live as if you still belong to the world? Why do you submit to regulations? Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. All these regulations refer to what is destined to perish by being used up. They are human commands and doctrines. Although these have a reputation for wisdom by promoting self-made religion, false humility, and severe treatment of the body, they are not of any value in curbing self-indulgence. So friends, legalism, that is a dependence on moral law and following rules than on faith in Jesus, Legalism is dangerous. It's joy-robbing. It doesn't bring us close to Christ. It doesn't restrain the sin nature. Only Jesus does that. The substance of our faith is Jesus. Well, let's close with our verse of the month, which is Daniel 6.23. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the lion's den. When Daniel was brought up from the den, he was found to be unharmed for he trusted in his God. Amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.